This is the Circle City News with Sarah Jury. Listen or watch us on Facebook, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and other places that play fine podcasts. Or visit our blog at circlecitynews.org. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Circle City News with Sarah Jury. I just want to give a big shout out to feetfinder.com. It is the best place on the internet to buy and sell feet pics. So if any of you have a feet kink or you like those sexy little toes that are about to come out for summertime, then you know where to go find those cute feet pictures. And I love this podcast because I feel like it is my mission and goal in life to make the state of Indiana just a little bit sexier. And I am accomplishing this mission today with my guest, Leah Michelle, the Bush Queen. How are you? Good. How are you? Yes, thank you for bringing the sexiness and the sunshine today to Indiana. We appreciate it so much. No problem. It's, I love it here. <laughs> well, I, I um, am going to be manifesting palm trees in my background so that we'll match someday. Um, but we have this, like, really beautiful synergistic divine intervention story um because i was on i've done a couple podcasts that just came out this past month and one was with shameless sex and that podcast is so amazing because it just really uh just really promotes the mission that I feel like I'm on now on this brand new wild sexy path that I got thrown into, which is really helping remove shame around sex and bodies and sexuality and um, to help people reclaim their sexuality and their bodies along the way so that we can all live a sexy and free life. And so, yeah, yay. So you reached out to me on Twitter and you were like, hey, I heard your podcast. And uh, I said, I need to have you on my podcast that I've been doing because I read a little bit about your story and your pictures are just like, you're just so stunning, but in the breathtaking way where your energy is just felt in everything that you do like you just shine friend and so i want to take us back so that you can tell us your journey and how you discovered your own sexiness tapped into your own sexuality and what your mission is for others now uh i feel like there's been so many things um first first of all i started i started taking um, I've been modeling since I was eight. Um, and I started taking like nude pictures, um, around the time where I knew my military career was kind of coming to an end. I was feeling very, um, not confident. Uh, so I was like, well, I know what I'll do. And actually that's the reason why I started getting tattoos in the first place because I, I hated my body. So I wanted to make my body. So I started getting tattoos. Um, 
And so then I was can like, well, I ask you a can I ask you about do you yeah. think because I feel like so many people women and especially like go through this like self hatred of their body and I, I, do you feel like modeling had anything to do with that at such a young age or do you think that kind of stemmed from something else oh it I I think it definitely stemmed from other things mostly family um, yeah. Mine, I think that especially, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 38, which is some, one of the reasons why I loved you so much because we're around the same age. And I was like, yay, older women, you know, like doing this. Yes. Great. Um, and so I think that having parents um, and family of a certain age, so a certain generation, like well before the Internet happened. And then the Internet happened when I was like going through like you know, high school and all those things that happened, you know, between middle school and high school. Um, I think that, you know, being told I had to be a certain way, I had to weigh a certain, you know, amount, um, you know, your nipples are ugly, your, your, you know, mm. your hair is unattractive, all these things that I was told growing up. And then to see women who looked like me or were doing other things that I always thought about that were being that loved themselves. I was honestly very confused because I was like, well, I want to do that. Why can't I do yes. that? Oh, that I, I should, that men won't like this because, you know, I'm, I don't blame anyone. I just think that being raised in these generations where you aren't seeing so many different people that you thought that you yes. had to be the first or you wouldn't get a job or you wouldn't get a boyfriend. Yes. Or you wouldn't. And finally I was like, I don't even want those things. <laughs> so why am I yes. trying so hard? those things um so then I started modeling and it really helped me see myself because sometimes you look at yourself in the mirror and you see all your flaws but seeing myself on camera or with a with an image where somebody had the idea that I could look this way um whether it be from photoshopping or light changing the lighting because lighting yes. fucking fucks you too right like warm lighting yes. you're like in the bathroom and you're like I look terrible so yes. I think Seeing myself in a picture, finally, it was like, okay, yes. I can see why people think I'm pretty. Okay, I can yeah. see that. And, and photography really is angles and lighting. And I lost a lot of weight and started getting some boudoir pictures done. And I will tell you, it transformed my life in the way I was able to tap into my sexiness and see myself in a different way, in the most beautiful pose, I look like this, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that that also makes me realize that everyone has, everyone is dehydrated every now and then everyone is tired every now and then every, you know, everybody's stressed out. Some people look better from the side, from the left, from the right. So it's like, okay, everybody has good angles and bad angles. Everyone can be beautiful and everybody can be, you know, maybe not their best self. So why do I nitpick myself all the time? Because everyone, you know, has, has those. So yes, you, you've like accidentally hit the, the camera on your phone and it like shows, you know, hits you with your double chins and stuff. And right. you're like, Whoa, FaceTime with, my, think... FaceTime with my daughter is the worst. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. But I, I agree with you. It's like, we grew up with this image of what is beautiful what body type is beautiful hair color skin color shape 
right? And then when you don't look like that or you don't see yourself in the beauty standards that the media and our culture has uh, like established, then yeah, I feel like everyone starts walking around feeling like not enough and in the comparison too, where it's like, oh, I, I'll never, no matter what I do, have that body type. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's unfortunate because you could be the most a a beautiful, most attractive person according to society, right? And yet there will be somebody who will pick out something that they don't like about you or that you don't like about yourself. You know, everybody, everybody sees themselves good and bad. So I just, I, I I don't like that at all. Um, No. And I think the beauty standards leaves out any room to like show up with a truly human body. So the other day, some guy went on to my Instagram and wrote, you know, my cellulite on my thighs. He wrote, cottage cheese is smoother. And I laughed because I was like, literally in bed with one of the hottest men I've ever met in my life. And I was like, this man has never said one word about my body. He seems happy. Why can't you? I'm happy. Why can't you be happy? You know, they're miserable. I have to remind myself that that person who's saying those things is miserable about them themselves. So I get it, and I get it all the time. Yes. I'm, I'm the person that has to throw myself into the fire, and um, in order to like understand, like, you know, this is not a me problem. This is a them problem. I kind of have to like torture yes. myself first, ever. But like, like, yes, I, I had mentioned something about my stomach um, on, on, in, on Twitter. And I was like, you know, I really don't like this loose skin. I, you know, I'm 38. I am a mom. I was 200 pounds when I gave birth. I'm going to have loose skin. There's really nothing. And I've been on a bodybuilding stage. So there's nothing I can do about it unless I get it surgically fixed or whatever. So I mentioned yeah. that I didn't like it. And I kid you not, like two days later, I posted another picture that I, that I, you know, whatever. And some guy was like, why is your skin so saggy? And I was like, you, so you went as far as to know that I had a complex about it to then find another yeah. picture to comment on. I was like, that is, that is, that's a mental health issue. Ooh, it really is. And that's what I'm learning. Like, because I got thrust into the media and as my influence is growing and my followers are growing for the most part, people are so kind But Mm -hmm. then it's like the trolls come out and it's like you said, it's like they try to project their self-loathing onto you. Like they literally take time out of their day to go to your page and say something that they think is going to be hurtful to you. And I was writing about this because my, in my family history, the women in my family were really obese. And it's something I've worked so hard on reclaiming my body. And I did have surgery. I lost a lot of weight. I had a tummy tuck. And um, I realized that my family didn't just pass down obesity. They passed down the self-loathing of their bodies. And that's what I'm here to bring. That doesn't go away just because you fix the thing that you don't like that you see in the mirror. You have to fix the mind that because yes. it's, 
you're going to find something else that you're going to nitpick and you're going to be like, oh, I don't like this about myself. Yes. So there's, a, there's a million things. There's so many Especially things. Like like, you s- and as you age, like, I think that's the thing with like being a mature model where there are literally things that you cannot help. Like I was nitpicking my little double chin and then I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, yeah, you're your bands loosen up as you get older. <laughs> like just the aging process that yeah. um, you're almost not allowed to go through. You have to go and fix it so you don't look like that. So it, it is this interesting balance of like standing in your power, standing in your self-love and your body love, and also wanting to be and look and feel like the best version of yourself. So it's a hard balance. It, it is. And I, although I know I've done a lot of work in that area, I have a lot more work to do. But I think I'm at a point in my life where I can help other people get to where I, I am now because I'm always going to evolve. I don't care, like, how old I am. So yes. that's kind of what my mission's. I, I mean, we can go through the military and I noticed that there was a lot of uh, army, a lot of veterans that are also sex workers. And I'm like, oh man, like, I wonder, there's gotta be some sort of connection with like community, mental health, um, you know, yes, a bunch of other things that have to do. I noticed that every time I feel safe, I'm inside of a smaller community, whether it ha- was the military, yeah. whether it's sex work or whether it's the, body, the fitness community, I can't be around, I can't. I can't, um, what's, I can't surround myself with people who are, I would say vanilla, honestly, like it doesn't yeah. you know, do it. Um, yeah. So. How did you then make the transition from sort of the nude modeling to, um, becoming a sex worker? Like what was that road like for you? I'm going to, I'm going to move because I feel like my, my computer is getting ready to die. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so I actually, um, when I left the military, I was extremely depressed and, um, I had, I didn't want to go outside. I was struggling. So what I did was I didn't, I started camming. Um, and although the cam at that point was probably not a good thing for me to do because it was, um, keeping me in the house that was the only way that I could talk to people. Um, so yeah. the only way I could get out, you know, get myself out of bed. So I started camming and, um, I did that for a while and then I ended up getting pregnant. And I remember I tried to hide my pregnancy for a very long time. Now this is before I understood that people had, you know, pregnancy fetishes and it was okay. Yes. Sex worker. So, you know, he mentioned, the guy mentioned something and I was like, this is it. I'm never doing this again. So, you know, had my baby and then went to, um, went to cosmetology school, got my, got my degree and then got my cosmetology license. And I was like, this is great. I'm going to do hair, but I always modeled no matter what. I always was like, I love to be in front of the camera. It's my self care. I love doing it. I never did it for money. I just wanted to like be cute and I love hair and I like makeup. Yeah. So and self-express and feel beautiful. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and the artistic ways that you can have fun with it and express yourself. So I love it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, I built this 
fairly large salon very quickly and I was having so much fun. It was actually one of the worst parts of my life. The, the worst two years of my life post military because I was, I had a, a lot of money, but I was like eating like shit. I was surrounding mm. myself. With didn't really like me. I was always having to serve others. And you know, yes. the beauty industry is a place where people are not only are very vain, but also very miserable. Um, it's not yeah. a very environment. People are nitpicky. I'm like a therapist. <laughs> hey, so COVID happened. Yeah. I, was, I was like, I did all these things and then COVID happened. And I was like, my dreams. And then I was like, these aren't really my dreams. Yeah. So I had to rebuild myself, which is where OnlyFans came in. And yeah, that's why I'm, I'm excited to hear this. So what made you take the leap to OnlyFans? Like, how did you hear about the platform? What sparked you to setting up a page? Um, well, COVID happened. And being a business owner, I was pretty fucked. Um, I can say fucked, right? On this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... I didn't get, you know, money right away like everyone else did. You know, everybody else got unemployment. And I'm not – everybody was struggling in their own way. But I yeah, had to pay rent at my house, and I also had to pay the rent at my business. And yeah. so and, – And there were no customers. Like, you could not go anywhere. Like, getting your hair done was, like, contraband or something. I could barely – like, I was, like, sneaking shampoo to my clients outside of my house. Like I was selling crack or something. It was I ridiculous. Know. I <laughs> so I, you know, I was like, well, fuck. Like I, I have a lot of nudes. I have a couple of like home clips, and of course, OnlyFans was pretty popular at that time because everybody was getting on because it was COVID. And I was like, well, I've already been in this world before. Um, I might as well just go ahead and do it. So yeah, I, I did, and you know, I made a couple dollars. It was it was it bought me groceries. It helped me feel a little bit better about being broke. Um, I didn't really think too much of it, to be quite honest. I didn't think I would do it full time ever. I just was always like, I like doing it and it makes me a couple extra dollars and people know that I like to be naked. So what's the point? Like, what's, you know, what's yeah. the problem? Yeah. So after COVID happened, I went, you know, after I was able to go back to the salon, I remember the first week I went back, I lost my shit. I was like, so emotionally messed up um i really yeah. enjoyed being home with my daughter although you know i yes. would rather have more money but i was like i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to yeah this place anymore and have to do what someone tells me i want to create the art that i want to create and all these things went on in my mind so yes you know, trying, to, trying to get myself back on track with the salon and then you know getting you know money from the government which helped helping support my 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 staff, which half of them left before COVID, the other half didn't come back. I had a whole new staff. My grandmother had passed away. I was drinking yeah. except, um, and one of my one of my one of my employees passed away, like basically like right in front of me. Mm. He was dying right in front of me, and I just was like, "There's no way I can I can live this." I, you know, you wake up and you're like, "I have to live." For 40 more years like this, I can't do it. Like, there's no way. I don't yeah, know. I th no, I think COVID for a lot of people was that 
reset where you really start asking yourself, like, is this what I like? And I will say, like, being on OnlyFans, I haven't made it to the tippy tippy top of the platform yet, but I love being my own boss and I feel rich because I have my own schedule and I do what I want when I want. I go where I want to go and being my own boss has like brought me back to life just from that. I, I totally get like, yes, I, I, the one thing that I do like about sex work and I'm trying to explain this to people who don't understand, you know, what I'm doing or why it's like, I have boundaries now. I don't have to do it. Yes. Um, and I can do this from it you know i'm just like i don't have to do you know jessica's blonde highlights every six weeks and she hates them every time she comes in because if i don't want to do her hair i don't yes you know and all these things that i'm learning because i've I've been doing sex work for like full-time for a little over a year i've been in the industry for 12 but this is the first time i've ever been like let me actually figure out if I like doing this or not. And that's the first time I've done partnered scenes with last year, met some incredible people that I, I give them a lot of credit, Royal Fetish. And I talk about King and Jasmine all the time because they were the first people to ask me, what were my limits? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm there like, you've never been asked. Like, I'm like, no, I was like, I've been sexually assaulted several times in my life. And I was like, for someone to ask me what my limits are, instead of forcing me into saying you just yes. never been done. It's like the anal conversation, right? Oh, nobody's yes. that's because you never tell anybody that I don't like it. Like I'm not gonna yes. like it you like it with anybody. Um Yes. So- and I I wanna stop I wanna just kinda breathe into this point because it's so profound what you're saying, which is on OnlyFans, you get to be your own boss, you set your own boundaries and you decide what you want to do, are comfortable doing. And I will tell you the same thing, like with anyone that I, I haven't collabed with a lot of people, but every time they say like, well, what do you want to do? What do you feel comfortable with? We could even do some pictures or videos that are suggestive. And I was like, oh, I, I get to be the boss. And I think for women especially women who have sort of been victimized in like, like I was raped at one point in my life. There is this sense of disempowerment when it comes to sex. Like you are there to please men. You need to do things you don't necessarily want to do or say yes to things you don't necessarily want to say yes to. And when you are on OnlyFans, oh, the the beauty comes from learning about yourself. What do I like? What, what do I not like? Okay. I tried this. I don't ever want to do that again. That was a boundary. And I don't think people are really able to explore boundaries around sex in healthy ways in our culture. They, they don't. I've actually come to the point where I realized that I wasn't necessarily dating the wrong men before I didn't understand what it, what I really wanted or what I re- what I, what I enjoyed because I was always trying to cater to that man or that person. And again, yes. growing up, 
you can't dress a certain way or no man's going to marry you. You, you know, you, you shouldn't say those yes. things to marry you. So now I even have problems, not problems, but I'm working through being, yeah. I'm scared to be myself, even still in this sex working community that I'm growing to love because I tend to throw up a wall as soon as someone's like, I like you. And I'm like, nope, because if, because once you start liking me, like in that romantic way, I'm, I'm, I'm scared because now I'm like, do I have to be, I have to answer your phone yeah. calls do this i have yeah i have to to be a certain person and i'm like they liked you before you like you before you knew that they liked you so why are you changing and so yeah but i I think yeah yeah sorry i think you're right i think as women you grow up with all of these derogatory terms around women who want to be self-expressed if you wear something, if you do something, if you, if you want to have many sexual partners or if you want to have sex for pleasure, there is a myriad of names for women that men don't have. Yeah. You know, I think for women, there's so much more layers to work through sexually and, and with sexuality. And I'm not saying that there aren't some for men because, of course, there are. But as women... There are those. And even as uh, being an OnlyFans model or being considered a sex worker, man, you still get the brunt of the misogyny and the derogatory names um, because who are you to live self-expressed and confidently in your body and sexuality? Being a sex worker is like, for me, is like what's the things called that you use when you want to like rinse off your vegetables the colander yes is that i feel like sex work is the colander for bullshit because yes. i get dumped on all the time right but not but only the good only the like good stuff kind of comes through to me at this point i have realized that getting paid to have sex has now diminished sex so much for me, but in a good way. So now I don't have to focus on that in my interpersonal relationships. I can have sex the way I want to, how I want to on camera, get paid for it, whatever. Somebody can pay me for private, whatever. But now when I have those really intimate relationships, the sex isn't even on my mind. It's the who you are, the who I am. Let's talk about like- The emotional intimacy, yes. I've never had that before because I was too busy trying to be sexy without being sexualized. Like how do we, us as women, have to walk around being desired and being we want people to we're supposed to be sexy right as women you don't want to be frumpy yeah. you don't want to make up on but then but i also have be to sexy not, but not too sexy because then we're I, gonna call you a million names i'm like i i never understood that how do i be like you don't have to be sexy with like a short skirt on but i like but i like my legs you know like yeah I, it feels just, good to wear that it feels good i i there was a thing yesterday that I saw on Facebook about a girl who was talking about if she was at a pool party and got had a bikini on and a man came up to smack her ass, like, that's wrong. But the guy she was talking to was like, well, you have to take some responsibility for over-sexualizing yourself. And I was like, she's at a pool party with a bikini on. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not going outside anymore if that's the case because I don't want to do that. Um, well, and I think one of the conversations is that as girls and women, you – no matter what you do have been sexualized your whole life. 
And why I find OnlyFans so empowering is because instead of giving my sexiness and my sexuality like away and I'm victimized by it, I own it. I stand in my power of it. I choose. And that's where the empowerment of the OnlyFans platform comes from. And even with me, like understanding my boundaries and when and what I consent to, because I had so many men on my Snapchat page sending me dick pics, sending me videos of them masturbating, even being on dating sites, the dick pics that I would, nobody, they weren't, men aren't ask consenting to send pictures of their junk to you. It's like part of the culture that you just get it unsolicited, but let's use the real word without consent. And so I just said on my Snapchat, I said, I will not answer any DMs on my Snapchat. Um, If you would like to send me pictures or videos, you have to go to my OnlyFans page for a response because I do not consent on here. You're not paying me. I don't consent to it. And so as a woman, again, I'm finding the language. I'm learning where my boundaries are and I'm expressing my boundaries on what I feel okay with and what I don't. And you can choose them or not. But if you don't, if you don't choose to honor my boundaries, then we're not having any type of uh, communication. Nope. You will be left unread. unread. <laughs> I mean, like, I also feel like I feel really good about educating men on stuff like this as well. Um, especially the ones that, you know, aren't, aren't being disrespectful. They're just, they just don't know. Yes. Um, sometimes yes. I'll have a picture and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I will not open this without a tip. And here are the reasons why yep. I was, you know, you consider maybe not doing that, you know, with other models. And I, and I actually walk away from that feeling like, cause I rag on men all the time because they're, they don't, they're not nine times out of 10. They're not very respectful or they can't take criticism from a woman mm. uh, or directions yeah. from a woman. So I boundaries to- from a woman, boundaries from a woman. They feel like they have the answers to everything most most of the time. So, yeah. but I do feel like there are there's a segment of men out there that are being taught this by men who don't. You know, like I yes. need a woman to teach them um, how to respect women, and I'm happy to do that. So. Yes, and haven't you found that the men on OnlyFans are the most respectful, kind, and consensual men that you've ever met? I, I've been trying to find the words to explain this because I am on Hinge. I've been on Hinge for three years and I've been on OnlyFans for three years. Yes. And I keep telling like my mom, right? I'm like, you yes. are so concerned about me being on OnlyFans. When yes. you really should be about me being on dating sites. Yes. Preach. Worse and more yes. robotic. No personality. They're just you know, hey, what you doing? Can we go out tonight? Hey, what you doing? Let me see you, whatever. But the guys on all yeah. fans like who like are like so unique and respectful for the most yes. part. You know, there's occasionally somebody will come in and be like, "Let me see your pussy," and I'm like, "Gross." But but yeah, you gotta pay for that. <laughs> like I, I get to pick and choose what kind of man I want. Yes. Like the Facebook yes. I just like. Oh, he looks nice. And then he's also a jerk and misogynist and yeah. weird. 
And I tell people all the time because, you know, I was fired as a teacher for having an OnlyFans page. And I laugh because I'm like, dating sites that I've been on for six years are worse. The hookup culture being treated like a sexual consumable, the inundation of non-consensual dick pics and men, the manipulation of men pretending to like you because they want free sex. And everyone was, yeah, everyone's okay with dating sites because they're wrapped up in this little package that of dating and everyone rails against OnlyFans. And I will tell everybody, I've never been treated more respectfully or more kind by men until I got onto OnlyFans. So you tell me. <laughs> you tell me the difference. You know, of course your family is like, we don't want it. We don't want you doing this. And I'm like, first of all, porn saved my life. So... If, if you either want me to be alive or you want me to be dead, I, I, I prefer to show my ass on the internet and be alive and smiling than to be six feet under and dull, you know, worried about that. Whatever. That's a whole different conversation. But yes. what I will say, like, like I said, like, I've never been in sex. <laughs> sex work is just, as long as you're, I feel like there, obviously there's bullshit and there's awful people in every industry. Yes. But I, yes. That I surround myself with, I feel the safest around. I could be yes, anything, right? But people are like, "Do you want some water? What's your aftercare like? Are you okay? What's your what's your safe word?" Like I'm like, I have been in relationships. I've been married. Yes, I felt unsafe and unloved, and like yes. So why can't I be around seven seven women, men, trans, whatever, and we're all licking each other's assholes, but then like giggling and laughing and talking about like mental health and like consent and all these boundaries. I'm in a, in a full on relationship that looks good for everyone, but I am miserable. And you don't, and you don't feel, and you don't feel safe. And I think that's where this, the, the healing journey really comes in where you learn for yourself, your own sexuality, your boundaries, what feels good, what doesn't. And I will tell you that, on this journey because I am a highly spiritual woman and I've been on a spiritual journey a long time. Sex workers are the most like cognizant, respectful, grounded, spiritual, high functioning, thoughtful people that I have ever come across. Like uh, it was funny because on my Instagram page, I had said every Almost every OnlyFans model that I have come across has been such a sweet person, so kind to me, so supportive of me, hypes me up, makes me feel good, wants to collab with me. Their energy is like these like soul sisters that I just keep collecting. Um, and I don't think there's any coincidence in this that sex workers are the most sexy and free and liberated and fun. And they're people who have chosen a healing journey for themselves. I'm probably going to cry because, like, being able to just, like, to to be validated in that way, you know, because, like, I think I, when you said, like, high functioning and I had to realize I was like, oh, I'm just, like more intelligent than half the people that I'm around. And like, I think that that feels lonely sometimes. And I'm not saying like I'm extra smart. Yes. Like, 
I wasn't on my SAT, but because I'm so intuitive and I'm so, I think a yes, lot and I'm self-aware and, and I'm not, I'm not out. I don't, I don't, I don't do things that like the majority does. And so I've always felt very lonely and I've always felt like I had trouble oh. connecting. So to be able to be a part of a community where I feel like I get to connect in that way and we have similar shared experiences yes. and actually love your, love what you do it, you know, love it you're, and, and being, you know, mature or a little bit, I'm not, tw- I'm not 19. I'm not, I've lived yes. life, more life than most yes. people. So to be able to enter this and say, this is my, I'm choosing to do this because it's helpful for my yes. growth. And my I, life. I want to do this. Yeah. Do it's life. Yeah, it's life giving. Yeah, it really is. And then the cool people that you get to meet along the way that, uh, you know, the more you stand in your power, the more you embrace and love your body just as you are, the more you go on this healing journey and reclaim your sexuality, the more free and liberated everybody gets to be because they get to watch you and you get to be their evidence that it is possible. You can heal any part of you. And I mean, shame around bodies, shame around sexuality, sexual traumas. There is healing on OnlyFans and with other sex workers, unlike healing I've ever been able to find on my own. I would completely agree. And I hope that who I hope that at least one person who is kind of who's confused about why I in particular have chosen this path will hear this, be, especially coming from someone else. Because I feel like the yes. more people that share these, like these, I have mended so much of my trauma by entering into sex work. Um, it's kind of confusing, and it's like, oh shit, like I can actually like breathe, um, and I can express these things to other people at this point without crying or being drunk. Cause my thing, you know, I, I drink, I have, have had a drinking problem. So I think that yeah. because I normal after, you know, a couple of drinks and then I was able to express myself, it always came across as like, Oh, that's just Leah being Leah. But now I have the words and the language and people to actually yes. come to my, to my rescue and say, no, she's right. This is what it, this yes, is. What it, and, and you get to live self-expressed. You get yeah. to live it, not be drunk to find it but it's like i live it i show up for myself and stand in my power and my beauty my my goddess energy and i'm so i'm so happy for you because um the one of the reasons i wanted to do this podcast is because it it is in my heart and my mind that i share stories of women like you who are liberated because of sex work. And it sounds like this, you know, um, confusing thing to a lot of people. But when you hear the stories and you open your hearts and minds to a world that people, there's a lot of stigma around, but you start to like unearth the layers of it there's so much healing in this platform and in this journey that I want every person to find healing in their life around these issues that make us feel so unwanted and dysfunctional and not seen and not normal. Like 
it's here for you. It's here for everybody. I've experienced it and I see other people experiencing it and it's so joyful. It's so fun to witness. And even just like being drawn to you right away and your energy and your pictures where I was like, she's living in her goddess energy and I love it. I adore you so much. Thank you. I, I, when I listened, I, I, I have dreams of potentially continuing my education, um, in human sexuality, but I was like, okay, let me listen to some podcasts. And so when I found, I hadn't heard of shameless sex and I, I love them. I listened to, I've listened to so many episodes, but your episode in particular, cause your story is ridiculous, honestly. Like I, I, it's incredible, but it's also, I was like, damn, that, that sucks. And like, I really wanted to like know who you were uh, a little bit more after that, because, you know, we have a lot of things in common and yes, I, they, they, so, you know, I didn't get kicked out of the military, but they tried, they, they, somebody tried to get me kicked out because I was naked because mm-hmm. I was being naked. And I know so many yeah. veterans who had been kicked out of the military for OnlyFans. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, and, and let's, let's be honest about the, the way military members, because that's part of my story, being a civilian teacher in a military facility. And I'd never been so sexually harassed, harassed and stalked by people until I met men in the military. I mean, they really traumatized me for years and years from this last teaching job that I had. So it's like, you don't get to have it both ways. You're not going to victimize me in my sexuality and also be threatened when I own it for myself. Right, right. I've had, I have a couple of stories. One of one of my sexual assaults was I was in the military. Go figure. Um, yeah, yeah. I just that that connection to me is really important to reach veterans who are um, sex workers. Yes. Oh, for sure. Because you know, and I even remember one of the girls, the military members there talking to me because I had lost a lot of weight over COVID and I came back into the office and she was like, wow, COVID really was good for you. And she was telling me about the body trauma that she felt like she was stuck in because of being in the military and being told she was never thin enough and never fit enough. And it just really broke my heart as a woman who I've really reclaimed my body in such a radical way. And I really have found this love for my body that I've never experienced before. And again, it's like, once you reach those points for yourself, you want everyone to have that and you want them to all have that freedom. So I see why now that you found it, you want to go back and like bring other military members into this for their own healing journeys. It's really beautiful. I, yeah, I, my sister said something to me the other day and was like, you know, you, not everybody heals the same and not everyone is going to be where you're at. So I also have to be mindful that I can't force people. Yeah. I just get the information and, and, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm still happy. Like you should do this. I'm like, this is great. And like, you should love it too. And I'm like, okay, Leah, like back it up. But, but I think that that thing that sex work also allows me to do is find people who want, who want to be found. Um, yes. And I can't, civilians are hard because, you know, they, they're still stuck in their own mind of like what's supposed to be right and what looks good and what doesn't. But I think that sex workers in particular are open to change and growth 
and we're like, our, well, most, you know, most, most people that I've found, I, I, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but yeah. at least we're open, you know, at least we're, we're open to doing something that most people don't do. So, <laughs> yes. Well, and, and it's something that everybody does, but there's just so much shame in our culture around it and, and a lack of education. And I think the most the, the most beautiful thing that you can do for yourself and others is stand in your power and stay in your story 